Lyndon Shakespeare Presents A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare Act 5 that these lovers speak of. Not more strange than true. I never may believe these antique fables nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, such shaping fantasies that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehend. The lunatic, the lover, and the poet are of imagination all compact. One sees more devils than vast hell can hold, that is, the madman. The lover, all as frantic, sees Helen's beauty in a brow of Egypt. The poet's eye, in fine frenzy rolling, doth glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. And as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives them to airy nothing, a local habitation and a name. Such tricks hath strong imagination that if it would but apprehend some joy, it comprehends some bringer of that joy. Or in the night, imagining some fear, how easy is a bush supposed a bear. But all the story of the night told over, and all their minds transfigured so together, more witnesseth than fancy's images, and grows to something of great constancy, but howsoever strange and admirable. <laughs> Here come the lovers, full of joy and mirth. Joy, joy, gentle friends. Joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts. More than to us, wait in your royal walks, your board, uh, your bed. Come now, what masks, what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after-supper and bedtime? Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philostrate. Here, mighty Theseus. Say, what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask? What music? How shall we beguile the lazy time, if not with some delight? There is a brief how many sports are ripe. Make choice of which your highness will see first. The battle with the centaurs to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to harp. Well, none of that, that have I told my love in glory of my kinsman Hercules. <laughs> the riot of the tipsy bacchanals tearing the Thracian singer in their rage. That is an old device, and it was played when I from Thebes came last to conquer. Uh, the thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning late deceased in beggary. That is some satire, keen and critical, not sorting with a nuptial ceremony. Uh, a tedious brief scene of young Pyramus and his love Thisbe, very tragical mirth. 
merry and tragical, tedious and brief. That is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord? A play there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play. But by ten words, my lord, it is too long, which makes it tedious. For in all the play there is not one word apt, one player fitted, and tragical, my noble lord, it is, for Pyramus therein doth kill himself, which when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made my eyes water, but more merry tears the passion of loud laughter never shed. What are they that do play it? Hard-handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds until now, and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial. And we will hear it. No, my noble lord, it is not for you. I have heard it over, and it is nothing, nothing in the world. Unless you can find sport in their intents, extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service. I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go bring them in and take your places, ladies. I love not to see wretchedness overcharged and duty in his service perishing. Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing. He says they can do nothing in this kind. The kinder we to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake, and what poor duty cannot do noble respect, take it in might, not merit. Where I have come, great clerks have purposed to greet me with the premeditated welcomes, where I have seen them shiver and look pale, make periods in the midst of sentences, throttle their practiced accent in their fears, and in conclusion dumbly have broke off, not playing me a welcome. Trust me, sweet, out of this silence yet I picked a welcome, and in the modesty of fearful duty I read as much as from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence. Love, therefore, and tongue-tied simplicity, and last speak most to my capacity. So, please your grace, the prologue is addressed. <laughs> Let him approach. If we offend, it is with our good will, that you should think we come not to offend, but with good will, to show our simple skill, that is the true beginning of our end. Consider that we come, but in despite, we do not come as minding to contest you. Our true intent is all for your delight. We are not here, that you should hear or repent you. The actors are at hand, and by their show, you shall know all that you are like to know. This fellow doth not stand upon points. He hath rid his prologue like a rough colt. He knows not the stop. A good moral, my lord. It is not enough to speak, but to speak true. Indeed, he hath played on his prologue like a child on a recorder. A sound, not in government. His speech was like a tangled chain. Nothing impaired, but all disordered. Who is next? Gentles. Perchance you wonder at this show, but wonder on, till truth make all things plain. This man is Pelmus, if you would know. This beauteous lady Thespe is certain. This man with lime and rough cast doth present wall. 
that foul wall which did these lovers sunder, and through walls chink poor souls, they are content to whisper, after which let no man wonder. This man with lantern, dog, and bush of thorn presenteth moonshine, for if you will know, by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at Ninus's tomb there, there to woo. This grisly beast, which lion hight by name, the trusty Thespic, coming first by night, did scare away, or rather did affright. And as she fled, her mantle she did fall, which lying by with bloody mouth did stain. Anon comes Pelman, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thespic's mantle slain. Whereat with blade, with bloody blame for blame, he bravely broached his boiling bloody breast, and Thespic, tearing in mulberry shade, his dagger drew and died. For all the rest, that lion moonshine wall and lovers twain at large discourse, while here they do remain. I wonder if the lion be to speak. No wonder, my lord. One lion may what many asses do. In the same interlude it doth before that I, one snout by name, present a wall, and such a wall as I would have you think, that had it in it a crannied hole or chink, through which the lovers, Pimerius and Tisby, did whisper often very secretly. This loam, this rough cast, and this stone thou sow, that I am that same wall. The truth is so, and this the cranny is, right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to whisper. <laughs> Would you desire lime and hair to speak better? <laughs> it is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord. Pyramus draws near the wall, silence! <laughs> oh, grim-looked knight, oh, knight with you so black, O oh, night whichever art when day is not. O oh, night, O oh, night, alack, alack, alack. I fear my Thisbe's promise is forgot. And thou, O oh, wall, O oh, sweet, O oh, lovely wall, that stands between her father's ground and mine. Thou wall, O oh, wall, O oh, sweet and lovely wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eye. Thanks, courteous wall, Jove shield thee well for this. But what see I? No Thisbe do I see. O wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss. Cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me. The wall, methinks, being sensible, should curse again. No, in truth, sir, he should not. Deceiving me is Thisbe's cube. She is to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see. It will fall pat as I told you. Yonder she comes. O oh, wall, full often hast thou heard my moans, for parting my fair Pyramus and me. My cherry lips have often kissed thy stones, thy stones with lime and hair knit up in thee. I see a voice. Now will I to the chink to spy, and I can hear my Thisbe's face. Thisbe! My love thou art, my love I think. Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace. 
And like Lymander, I am trusty still. And I like Helen till the fates me kill. Not Shephalus to Brocus was so true. As Shephalus to Brocus, I to you. Oh, kiss me through the hole of this vile wall. I kiss the wall's hole. Not your lips at all. Will thou at Ninny's tomb meet me straightway? Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. Thus have I wore my part discarded so, and being done, thus wall away thou go. <laughs> now is the mural down between the two neighbors. No remedy, my lord, when walls are so willful to hear without warning. This is the silliest stuff that ever I heard. The best in this kind are but shadows. And the worst are no worse if imagination amend them. It must be your imagination then and not theirs. If we imagine no worse of them than they of themselves, they may pass for excellent men. Here come two noble beasts in a man and a lion. You ladies, you, you gentle arts do fear the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps upon the floor. May now perchance both quake and tremble here, when lion rough in wildest rage doth roar. Then know that I, once not the joiner am, a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. For if I should as lion come in strife, into this place to a pity on my life. A very gentle beast of a good conscience. The very best at a beast, my lord, that e'er I saw. This lion is a very fox for his valour. <laughs> True, and a goose for his discretion. Not so, my lord, for his valor cannot carry his discretion, and the fox carries the goose. Uh, his discretion, I am sure, cannot carry his valor, for the goose carries not the fox. It is well. Leave it to his discretion, and let us listen to the moon. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. He should have worn the horns on his head. He is no crescent, and his horns are invisible within the circumference. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. Myself, the man, I, the moon, do seem to be. Ah, oh, this is the greatest error of all the rest. The man should be put into the lanthorn. How is it else the man in the moon? He dares not come there for the candle, for, you see, it is already in snuff. I am aweary of this moon. Would that he would change. Ah, it appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane, but yet, in courtesy, in all reason, we must stay the time. Proceed, moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that this lanthorn is the moon. I, the man in the moon, this thornbush, my thornbush, and this dog, my dog. Why, all these should be in the lanthorn, for all these are in the moon. But silence, here comes Thisbe. Enter Thisbe. This is old Ninny's tomb. Where is my love? <laughs> well roared, lion. Well run, Thisbe. Well shone, Moon. Truly, the moon shines with a good grace. Well-moused, Lion. And so the lion vanished. And then came Pyramus. Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious golden glittering gleams, I trust to take of truest Thisbe sight. But stay, O oh, spites, but mark, poor knight. What dreadful dole is here? Eyes, do you see? How can it be? 
Oh, dainty duck, oh dear, thy mantle good. What? Stained with blood? Approach ye furies fell. Oh, fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum. Quail, crush, conclude, and quell. His passion and the death of a dear friend would go near to make a man look sad. Beshrew my heart, but I pity the man. Oh, wherefore, nature, didst thou lion's fame? Since lion vile hath here deflowered, my dear, which is, no, no, which was the fairest dame that lived, that loved, that liked, that looked with cheer. Come, tears confound, outsword and wound a pap of Pyramus, I that left pap where heart doth hop. <coughs> thus die I, thus, thus. Thus, now am I dead, now am I fled. My soul is in the sky. Tongue, lose thy light. Moon, take thy flight. Now die, 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 die. <laughs> no die, but an ace for him, for he is but one. Less than an ace, man. For he is dead. He is nothing. With the help of a surgeon, he might yet recover and prove an ass. How chance moonshine is gone before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover. Ah, she will find him by starlight. But here she comes, and her passion ends the play. Methinks she should not use a long one for such a pyramus. I hope she will be brief. A moat will turn the balance. Which pyramus, which Thisbe is the better? He for a man, God warrant us, she for a woman, God bless us. She hath spied him already with those sweet eyes. And thus she means Videlicet. Asleep, my love? What? Dead, my dove? O oh, Pyramus, arise, speak, speak. Quite dumb. Dead? Dead? A tomb must cover thy sweet eyes. These my lips. This cherry nose, these yellow cowslip cheeks, are gone, are gone. Lovers make moan, his eyes were green as leeks. O oh, sisters three, come, come to me. With hands as pale as milk, lay them in gore, since you have shore with shears his thread of silk. Tongue. Not a word. Come, trusty sword. Come, blade, my breast and brew. And farewell, friends. Thus this be ends. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Ah, uh, moonshine and lion are left to bury the dead. Aye, and wall, too. No, as sure here. The wall is down that parted their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue or to hear a burgomask dance between two of our company? No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse. Never excuse, for when the players are all dead, there needs none to be blamed. Marry, if he that writ it had played Pyramus and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy. And so it is, truly, and very notably discharged, but come... Your burgomask, let your epilogue alone.
song of midnight after all twelve. Lovers to bed is almost fairy time. I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn as much as we this night of old watched. This palpable gross play hath well beguiled the heavy gate of night. Sweet friends to bed. A fortnight all with solemnity and nightly revels and new jollity. Now the hungry lion roars and the wolf behowls gloom, whilst the heavy plowman snores, all with the weary task foredone. Now the wasted brands do glow, whilst the screech owl, screeching loud, puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance of a shroud. Now it is the time of night that the graves all gaping wide, every one lets forth his sprite in the churchway paths to glide. And we fairies that do run by the triple Hecate's team, from the presence of the sun following the darkness like a dream, now are frolic. Not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house. I am sent with broom aboard sweep the dust behind the door. Through the house give gathering light, by the dead and drowsy fire, every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird from briar, and this ditty after me sing and dance it trippingly. First, rehearse your song by rote, to each word a warbling note. Hand in hand with fairy grace will we sing and bless Place. Now until the break of day, through this house each fairy stray, to the best bride bed will we, which by us shall blessed be, and the issue there create ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couples three ever true in loving be, and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand. Never mole, hair, lip, nor scar, nor mark prodigious, such as our despised in nativity shall upon their children be. With this field you consecrate, every fairy take his gate. And each several chamber bless, through this palace with sweet peace, And the owner of it blessed, ever shall in safety rest. Trip away, make no stay, meet me all by break of day. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, That you have to slumber here while these visions did appear, And this weak and idle theme, no more yielding but a dream. Gentles, do not repent. If you pardon, we will mend. As I am an honest puck, if we have unearned luck now to escape the serpent's tongue, we will make amends ere long, else the puck a liar call. So, good night unto you all. Give me your hands, if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. Summer Night's Dream, Act 5, starring the voice tones of Philip Webber as Theseus, Fiona Thrale as Hippolyta, Daniel Munson as Demetrius, David Alt as Lysander, Jerry Crawford as Philostrate and Flute, Chris Pyle as Quince, David Alexander MacDonald as Bottom, 
Melissa Tribble as Puck, Teresa J. McGarry as Titania, Tim Kelby as Oberon, Chris Britton as Snug, Quint as Starveling, and Lee Sands as Snout. Written by William Shakespeare. Original music and direction by David Alexander MacDonald. Thank you for listening.